You are listening to the Fresh Focus Podcast, where VA dietitian nutritionists are serving up health and wellness information for veterans and their families. In addition to being in clinic, chatting over the phone, or using Video Connect, we're taking a new approach to increase your access with this podcast. Each series will dish out bites of information you can digest when it's convenient for you, your family, or a caregiver giving advice and veteran experience on topics that are most important to you. So take a listen in the car, while cooking, or after the kids go to bed, keeping you moving towards your health goals in between our individual meetings and group classes. But hey, feel free to play these episodes at the coffee shop as well. We would love to be a part of the conversation. Grab a cup and pull up a chair and we'll dive right on in. Good morning, everyone. This is Shauna Golden. I am the Women Veterans Program Manager at the Marion VA Healthcare System. Women veterans deserve high-quality health care. This includes all stages of pregnancy. Did you know the VA covers a full range of services for veterans to support your reproductive goals? Marion VA offers preconception counseling, which can guide medication choices and preventive care decisions before you become pregnant. We have the option of prenatal and postpartum dietary counseling, as well as a lactation consultant to assist with your dietary needs and those of your babies. We can help you navigate health care services both inside and outside of the VA, connect you to community resources, and the care you need after delivery. This is made possible by our Women's Health Clinical Navigator, Marsha Russell. If you are pregnant or wanting to become pregnant, talk to your VA provider. You can call me, Shauna Golden, at 618-997-5311. My extension is 72010. You can also call the Women's Health Clinical Navigator at 618-997-5311, extension 72031. Or you can call or text the Women Veterans Call Center at 1-855-829-6636. And of course, always reach out to your VA provider for any questions or concerns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fresh Focus podcast, a podcast where we take a fresh look at nutrition topics impacting our veterans between office visits. My name is Gaya, and I'm here with my dietitian coworker, Lauren, from the Marion VA Healthcare System. We want to first recognize the empty chair next to us, reminding us every day that we not only serve veterans that walk through our doors, but the ones that are no longer here to speak their voice. This series, we've been focusing on women's health as it pertains to pregnancy. But what happens if you've tried and tried and can't get pregnant? What happens if you've done everything right, but it's still not happening? You may be in the 12% of couples who struggle with infertility daily. Trust us, we get it. We lived it and it's hard. I completely agree, Gaia. And this episode, it's very important for us to deliver to you because we feel very strongly about giving infertility a voice during this particular series. Infertility is a complex medical condition that is often a taboo topic, and it's very sensitive for those who might be going through it or who have gone through it. 
Gaia and I both describe it as a roller coaster ride. There are highs, there are lows, except it's not nearly as much fun, and the process is definitely not an amusement park. And to be honest, it's downright painful at times. So let's start with the definition of infertility first. Infertility is the failure to achieve pregnancy after 12 months of unprotected sexual intercourse. Infertility is not just a woman's issue. It can be attributed to the female partner about 30% of the time, the male partner about 30% of the time, and both partners about 30% of the time. The other 10% of cases are considered to be unknown or unexplained infertility. The need to consider both partners is extremely important. Common reasons for female infertility can be endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, diminished ovarian reserved, and tubal blockages, just to name a few. I was so honored when Lauren trusted me as a friend and, and her coworker to ask questions as she started her journey. Because we both experienced infertility, we understand that sometimes it just helps to know that you are not alone in this. So we wanted to share our personal experiences as every person's journey is different and jump into how diet can be modified to help reduce your risk of infertility. I know having action step, steps keeps you motivated and focused on the steps you're taking. So Gaya, I would love for you to share a little bit about what you went through to have your son. I know you dealt with a long bed rest as well. Sure. In total, it took us about eight years to conceive our son. After approximately three years, multiple medications and tests, we decided to change physicians. My new physician found I had unexplained infertility. I was one of the 10%, as we mentioned above. She recommended a fertility specialist. We went through one failed IVF cycle and decided to find more information about adoption. And needless to say, it was disheartening because we weren't willing to wait another one to two years. We were out of patience. We found another IVF clinic that used a different technique and medications. We consulted with them and then we were told that I needed surgery before we proceeded with another IVF cycle. I had the surgery and about six months later, we went forward with IVF again. I had a complicated pregnancy with 19 weeks of bed, strict bed rest, but worth every second. We welcomed our son in the fall of 2013, a miracle we never thought we would have. Lauren, your journey is a little different than mine, so tell us about your experience. Well, I started on birth control pills when I was 13 due to having some severe acne. I stopped taking them at 26 in hopes that we would be able to start a family right away. Within the first few months of stopping the birth control pills, I wasn't getting my periods regularly, I wasn't ovulating, and I started gaining weight. Not to mention, I started getting some unpleasant side effects like facial hair. After doing some research and looking at my symptoms, I believed I had something called PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. I called my OBGYN and was tested for it with an ultrasound and blood work and they were able to confirm the diagnosis. We started on oral medications, we tried injectable medications, and we did an IUI procedure, which is also known as an intrauterine insemination. And at this point, my husband was actually found to have consistently low sperm counts, which led us to not only having a female infertility issue, but a male infertility issue as well. 
Fortunately, we had insurance coverage for IVF at the time, and we wanted to take advantage of the opportunity as we knew it might not always be there given our jobs might change or things might happen in the future. So I continued eating a healthy diet as a dietitian, and I exercised, walking, jogging, using hand weights. I tried to keep myself in the best shape possible for the IVF process. IVF can be emotionally and physically draining between the ultrasounds, the labs, the injections, and just not knowing the end result. We ended up doing two embryo transfers, and both of those failed. I ended up having a third embryo transfer that worked, and I am currently seven months pregnant at the time of this recording. Congratulations, and we are so happy for you and cannot wait to meet the sweet baby. You mentioned continued my diet, and I know with PCOS, there are some recommended dietary modifications a person can make. What did you do to modify your diet? Of course. So being a dietitian, I couldn't help but dig into the research about what mealtime changes I could make to maybe help PCOS. So I started to learn that there are different types of PCOS, which can require different diet recommendations. So based on the symptoms I had, my ultrasounds, my labs, I decided a gluten-free, dairy-free diet was the best option for me. So I jumped in with both feet and I started to see massive improvements in my cycle regularity, my ovulation, and my weight. Although I had all these improvements, my body was still having some issues and my husband was having issues as well. So that caused us to still need a little bit of that medical intervention on top of those lifestyle changes that we were making. So from personal experience, I know that diet is a modifiable risk and it can make a huge difference on infertility disorders. I know the feeling of wanting to take action and make changes so that you're able to address getting pregnant. So here today, we're gonna to give you five recommendations that you can do to tackle your nutritional health during this time to improve or even reverse your infertility. So let's start with number one, eat more fiber. So what's a good goal? 25 to 30 grams a day is what we would aim for. Uh, fiber can be found in plant-based foods such as fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. In terms of fruit, choose whole fruit in a variety of colors. We want you to focus on eating the rainbow. By including a range of colors, you will be sure to cover all your essential vitamins and nutrients, which are key for fertility. Because fruits can come in many forms, try and choose whole fruits that are fresh or frozen, and limit processed fruits like fruit juice or canned fruit that typically provide added sugar and less fiber content. A great fruit addition to any diet are berries. One cup of raspberries, for example, can give you nine grams of fiber, over a third of your daily goal. So when it comes to vegetables, what should we do? Eat a variety of vegetables following the same rule as fruits. Eat the rainbow. Dark greens, oranges, reds, purples, they all provide different nutrients. Green leafy vegetables such as spinach and kale are high in folate and folate is essential in preventing neural tube defects during pregnancy as well as reducing the risk of miscarriage. Low levels of folate is associated with sporadic Anovulation, which means you may not be ovulating every month. 
by incorporating dark leafy greens as well as other colors of vegetables, you can ensure you are covering your bases in terms of vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Whole grains is another great source of fiber. Whole grains may include bran cereal, chia seeds, oatmeal, brown rice, and whole grain bread. Try to focus on these sources of whole grains and limit white bread, white rice, white pasta, and instant cereals. Remember, good fiber intake is the key. 25 to 30 grams daily using a variety of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Tip number two is to eat the right fats. So there are three categories of fats that are important to pay attention to when it comes to fertility. We have unsaturated fats, saturated fats, and trans fats. So let's get started with unsaturated fat. We want you to eat more foods with unsaturated fat, such as olive oil, avocados, natural peanut butter, nuts, seeds, flaxseed, fish oils, or just a couple options. Polyunsaturated fats specifically can positively influence reproductive benefits in both men and women. To add more polyunsaturated fats to your diet, try sprinkling some walnuts in your next bowl of oatmeal, some sunflower seeds on your salad, or try choosing a salmon dinner once a week. We personally love salmon roasted with Brussels sprouts in the oven. You can put this all in one foil lined pan, drizzle with some olive oil and season. Cook around 400 degrees for 15 to 20 minutes and you've got a great healthy dinner that's full of polyunsaturated fats. The second category of fat to be mindful of is saturated fat. In general, you want to limit your saturated fat content that can be found in red meats, butter, and dairy. Eating a large amount of saturated fat has been linked to lower semen concentration in men. Try to avoid fatty cuts of animal proteins as this is going to increase your overall daily intake of saturated fat. By choosing fish or plant-based proteins, you can increase your chances of trying to conceive. One thing to remember when it comes to saturated fat though, is we all need some. That's why it's important to limit, but not avoid it completely. For example, research is limited on dairy products, but full-fat dairy, which contains saturated fat, has been associated with lower risk of ovulatory-related infertility, while low-fat dairy products containing little or no saturated fat were actually associated with a higher risk of ovulatory dysfunction. So try limiting saturated fats to a few choices a day, such as butter at breakfast, whole-fat yogurt at lunch, and a lean cut of meat at dinner. The takeaway here is avoid large portions of saturated fat during the day, such as adding cheese to every food you eat or eating a whole rack of ribs for dinner. The final category I wanna mention is trans fats. So trans fats are man-made fats that are in processed foods and these should be avoided altogether. If you look at ingredient lists on the food label, you want to avoid products that contain partially hydrogenated oils, a phrase that basically means this item has trans fats. You will likely see trans fats in commercially prepared snack foods or baked goods. So to sum it up, eat the right fat. Remember, more unsaturated fat, limit saturated fat choices to a few good choices a day, and avoid trans fats altogether. 
Our third tip, watch what you drink. Food isn't the only thing to be concerned about. You want to make sure your beverage choices are top-notch as well. We know that caffeine should be limited when you're pregnant, but what about when trying to conceive? Caffeine research has been inconclusive regarding conception. However, some studies show there could be a link to excessive caffeine intake and implantation failure in early pregnancy for some women. It may be a good idea to switch to decaf coffee or tea while trying to conceive as it could boost your chances. Plus, it will make it easier to avoid caffeine when you are expecting. Another beverage to be careful with is alcohol. Alcohol research is inconclusive in terms of conceiving as well. However, again, it's a good idea to work on limiting or avoiding alcohol altogether if possible. During pregnancy, alcohol must be avoided. The other thing to keep in mind is that alcohol can affect your dietary habits and lead to overall poor nutrition choices. If you know that alcohol will affect how much and what you eat, try limiting your intake to one drink daily, such as four ounces of red wine with dinner. The final beverage we want to touch upon is sodas and sugary drinks. Women who reported consuming three or more sodas per day had a 52% lower rate of pregnancy compared to women who did not report any soda consumption. If soda is your go-to beverage, it may be time to consider switching to water, unsweetened tea, black coffee, or seltzer water. The problem with such high soda intake is not only the caffeine, but also the amount of sugar you're taking in. Which leads to our next recommendation. Tip number four, stay away from sugar. Sugar is everywhere, and unfortunately, sugar has been shown to negatively affect fertility. Existing data suggests high consumption of sugar is associated with lower semen quality and increased infertility in men. Sugar can present itself in many forms, like white table sugar, brown sugar, cane sugar, high fructose corn syrup, maple syrup, honey. So make sure to check the food labels and product ingredients to avoid foods that list sugar as the top one or two ingredient. The daily recommendation for women is 25 grams of sugar daily. And for men, it's about 36 grams. Unfortunately, in Western culture, it's not unheard of to eat three to four times that amount every single day. Remember, one soda has 39 grams of sugar in it, which is more than the daily recommendation for both women and men. Excessive sugar intake affects all aspects of health, not just fertility. It can lead to elevated blood sugars and weight gain, so make sure to keep your guard up. And the last one, achieve a healthy weight. If you haven't done so already, assess your current weight. Use a BMI calculator to figure your current BMI and start to make changes to improve your BMI. And make sure that it falls between 20 and 30, as this range has been associated with the greatest fertility success. By making some of the changes we recommended in tips one through four, you should be able to jumpstart some of your weight goals. Another great way to achieve a healthy weight is to participate in regular physical activity. Aim for 30 to 60 minutes of moderate activity 
five days a week. This may include walking, bike riding, swimming, or hiking. Try to include both cardiovascular activity and strength training. Not only will physical activity help with weight, but it will reduce stress, which is great for trying to conceive. If you need additional help with your weight, consider reaching out to your local physician or registered dietitian. Lauren and I want to thank you so much for joining us. While we share our experiences and nutrition advice, be sure to circle back to your women's health clinics for even more guidance on infertility. Stay tuned to our next episode as I'm going to be sharing what is going on during my pregnancy and provide a fresh focus on overall pregnancy nutrition. 